This episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs. We cover many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment. Featuring podcasts such as Sports Bring People Together, Limitless, Saviors of the Metaverse, and The Athletic Mindset. Learn more at castsource.com slash podcast. Now, without further ado, let's get into the Buffalonian Podcast. The Buffalo Bills absolutely annihilate the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Sabres season starts this Thursday, and we'll be talking rundown, would you rather, hot takes, trivia, and more. This is the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. We are back with the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and I'm joined by Dom Loss. Exclusively today. Exclusively Dom Loss today. But without further ado, let's get into the Buffalo Bills' absolute win over the <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers this past weekend. I had nothing but a smile on my face the entire time. You know, I think right away, oh, we're back in our own end zone to start the drive. This is wonderful. 98-yard touchdown. It was definitely a, a shock in the stadium. Yeah. You know, working for the Bills, working there, you know, you're, you're, on, you're on, you can't really see what's going on in the game. You can only hear about like, the crowd's reaction. But, you know, the opening kickoff happened and the crowd's kind of like moaning. And, you, and you know, you're on your phone trying to scroll what happened. Yeah. ESPN's like, not refreshing. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like, oh, they're at the two yard line. Oh, it's third and 10. And then all of a sudden you hear the crowd explode and then you see touchdowns. Like, oh my God, that was an idea. Touchdown. Oh my gosh. And I know in our fantasy league we're in, I had Davis on my bench and every other league I had him in with Allen. And uh, he got 35 points, and Allen got 32. So and that's why you're one four in our league. Yep, yep. That's why <laughs> our league is pretty bad. But you know, every other league, the one I have money in, I won. I've been highest scorer for the past three weeks with Josh Allen and Davis. So you know, even though Davis hasn't done anything, but anyway, I mean, let's just think here. Like general thoughts wise, post game, like what what is your impression after that game? I thought the Bills dominated the game. From pretty much start to finish, uh, it's kind of interesting. I think the like the final def- like the final win, thirty five points is probably right. But honestly, both teams probably should have had. Both teams left a lot of points on the board too. Yeah. Like Pittsburgh had a couple drives. Obviously, they missed two field goals. Mm-hmm. They got stopped in the red area a couple times. But they, I was kind of surprised that they were able to move the ball a little bit uh, on the Bills. Yeah, pick Pickett, to Pickens. Pickett was kind of impressive. If I'm not gonna lie. And then obviously the, the Bills. You know, it's starting to come with the Bills. You know, you don't want to be greedy, but they had 38 points. And it's not like they could have had more. It's the fact that they should have had more. Yeah. They fumble. They they had four drives that had three points. Yeah. And one of those drives, they started the 21-yard line, holding penalty by uh, Ryan Bates, forces them to kick a 49-yard field goal against the win block. Uh, the drive in the second half with Quinn Morris fumbling at the, like, the half-yard line. You mm-hmm. had the actual field goal drive where they got stopped. I yeah. believe that was the drive where Allen missed Stephon Diggs open for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And you had the interception where Josh probably would like to have that one back. That probably was a right. – he needed to throw that ball a little bit higher. And, than of course, Levi. It's Levi Wallace. Yeah, but so. the, the, if you look at it, those four, four drives, they were all around the red area, and they only got three points out of it. And they still scored 38. 
And they also then didn't have their they had their starters play like three quarters too. Yeah. So like selfish, Josh Allen put up a full game stat line in the first half. Yeah, I mean self <laughs> self a good a good like stat line. It's not like no. It's not like you threw like two sixty in the first half. No, four hundred almost four hundred yards yeah. in the first half. So I think I think part one thing for like the offense is that you can't afford to have those four drives end in three points against the elite teams. Right. Like, Especially like looking at this week, you know, which we'll talk more about on. The betting on the Bills episode this week, but you know, absolutely. But when you have those four drives and then three points, that's not the best. Special teams, I thought was pretty good. Uh, Sam Martin had two touchbacks, but the first, the second punt was not a great punt. The first no. punt was a really good punt that should have been down at the one yard line, but uh, Saran Neal booted it. Mm-hmm. Bass was all right. I mean, that black field goal, I think, was on him. He just, I think it was the element. I mean, I'm not gonna blame the elements, but I think he had it in his head that he had a you know, put a lot of power into that and hit it low so it doesn't get caught up in the wind. Yeah. And uh, it was way too low and it got blocked. And then, obviously, special teams. I mean, special teams was pretty good. I thought Shakir looked pretty good in the return game. I'd, Shakir in general. I, I mean, don't I don't understand why Tymon Jones was the returner um, at all. Yeah, and it should I, have been I, Shakir I, the entire time. Shakir or James Cook. Like, one of those. Yeah. Find another way to get those rookies some Cook touches. Cook in the preseason looked good returning, too. I thought they would have put him in. But. Yeah, that was that was kind of a baffling decision. And obviously, almost, I mean, it bit them. And then they just yeah. got lucked out. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think that, and and then defensively, I thought they did a really good job in the run game. Yeah, they stuffed it. Najee Harris did nothing. Yeah. And, so, and, and that's saying something because he's a he's a pretty good running back. Yeah, he's a pretty good back. Obviously, they have an a, not a great offensive line, but I would say an improved offensive line. So, you know, that was impressive. I thought they were able to get some pressure on Pickett. I I'm honestly I, I was just, impressed by him though. I, I was just about to say that. I, granted, he's. For the other team, right? We we absolutely annihilated them, as I've said many times already. But he was the standout, I would say, of that whole team. He was he got frisky with um, what you call it? Shaq Lawson. Shaq Lawson. He was he had, he had, his heart was in the game still, no matter what the score was. So I give him a lot of credit. And honestly, that's their future quarterback. I mean, he he looks for a rookie to put up three hundred something yards still. You know, yeah, like I mean, it, it's 300 yards and like 50 attempts, so it's not nearly as impressive. No, but but I mean, against the number one overall ranked defense, no, he made some know? high level throws. Obviously, he had one throw though, uh, you know, the pick with Elam that was a poor decision. But other right. than that, other than that, I thought he played he played pretty well. I thought his receivers were kind of, you know, they made some plays for him, but they also let him down on some occasions as well. So yeah, he talked good about Josh Allen after the game too. He's like that's a guy that I would like to you know like emulate, emulate yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to to look at and you know his numbers his career I I mean I don't know how you argue that I mean yeah, that's our guy and honestly one one player that I wanted to bring up was James Cook because we saw a flash of greatness there when the O line opened up that hole and he ran into the end zone that's what we need like, the O line was very good yes yes on Sunday yes. And honestly, T.J. Watt wasn't there, so that's a big reason for that. But I mean, I mean, it's a part of the reason. But at the same time, you know, guys stepped up guys and did st- what they were supposed to do. Allen, I believe, only got hit one time all game, and it was on the ninety-yard touchdown by Mika Fitzpatrick. So no one in the front seven for the Steelers even got a hit on him. No, and, and they were able to run the ball. I would say pretty, but probably one of their more effective games on the ground. Even though Allen yeah. still led the team in rushing, but that was because he scrambled a little bit. Yeah, he scrambled. But I mean, there were a couple times where. Um, when he scrambled, I'm like, just slide, just go down. <laughs> like, like he was tanking through trying to get the first down, and it was like second down. You still had another, you know what I mean? Like, it was insane. James Cook had a really nice game. Yeah, the game. Excuse me. Um, but I'd say uh, the funny part about this game was that it was just it was kind of over in a blimp. 
You yeah. Know, the Steelers were kind of, you know, hanging in there for a little bit. It was 10-3. It was kind of like this is a little, getting a little frisky. Josh just threw a pick. All of a sudden, you know, th- they got some three and outs, and Josh hits, da- uh, you know, gave it Davis for that touchdown. Another quick strike to Diggs. And I think you strike. mean Randy Moss with that stat line he had? Three, a couple catches and three touchdowns three, or whatever? Three for 171 and two touchdowns. Yeah, like what? But all of a sudden it was 31-3, and uh, I had to go turn my uniform in. I walk into the building and don't know who I walked past, but Kent Dorsey. Oh, my god! And he just has that grin on his face like he's doing some. Yeah psychopathic stuff yeah. and i then, like to think i'm not that much of a psychopath <laughs> and then it gets better i had to go in the elevator and who comes out of the elevator but the pittsburgh coaching staff and i could say they tomlin no that it was just like there are the people oh, that were, like matt yeah. canda who's off on the corner the people that he, were upstairs he's the issue trubisky yeah. wasn't the problem i think that that just showed it I'm, for them i'm just saying they they had the opposite they were they had the we're getting our teeth kicked in we're mad yeah kind of reaction but it it was impressive how quickly they turned the switch on to kind of put up those twenty those three touchdown drives. Yeah, I mean it's just like you look at it and that's the whole team was working as a well oiled machine. You know, even honestly, one thing that I wouldn't have done is rush um, Oliver and Jordan Phillips back. Yeah, but you didn't know. You no, know, I I honestly, I mean. I'm glad they were out of the they game. Run like, they were on like a pitch cl- pitch count. Yeah, you know so I mean? they 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 came out, but um, I'm glad Poyer didn't play. I want him good for the Chiefs did, game. Did you did you hear the report that like there was like a source from like the Bills media that said if, yeah if like Poyer if they they were playing an actual good team like they were playing the Ravens this week mm-hmm. they, that he would have played. Oh my what? god, <laughs> that's savage. <laughs> yeah, that is if. If Ken Dorsey was or whoever's like was the whistleblower on that, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. The psychopath might have, but um, Leslie Frazier, I just gotta you gotta applaud him with a, and even Elam, like he's Frazier's working with these rookies pretty much, you know, and they're producing. Even Benford no before Tremaine, he got hurt, no Tremaine, no, a little banged up, still in the D tackle position. Daquan Jones had his. We'll we'll talk about guys who really showed up in a second, but. Overall, I think it was a really good again a team win mm-hmm. against I would say the first really inferior opponent the Bills played. Yeah, I would say because the Titans were not in on paper an inferior opponent. Well, if you, I mean if if you look at the Rams in L.A., mm-hmm. that's a, Super what, Bowl supposedly a tough game. They're looking a little shaky. Yeah, the Titans now are they are yeah they are all on the AFC South because they're half game ahead of mm-hmm. the Colts. So. Because the Colts can't put anything together either, so I mean they got it went on Thursday. And we didn't pick that game right, but no. I'll talk about them betting on the Bills pod. But again, yeah. yeah, that's a that's a solid team that they destroyed. Uh, then you know, obviously Miami a little banged up. That's a solid team too. And then I would say Baltimore's an elite team. Yeah, on the road. And no, then absolutely. This is, this is the first team that's like this. This is a legitimately bad team. No, like we walked in knowing it was a dub. Like not even like last year where they. This is what happens when you lose a Hall of Fame quarterback, you know, and. Um, Tomlin might have the first losing record of his career. Might I, I think I, that's kind most of likely. A, mo- most likely, but yeah, uh, yeah. It's like it's a credit to the Bills coaching staff for not over, you know, getting the players ready and not overlooking this game. I know, you know, with the injuries that they probably played a little bit more cautious than they would have, but it's a credit to them to get everyone prepared for this game and not mm-hmm. overlooked. I mean, we're gonna talk about the big game. Yeah, I mean, you could tell but, who was fully healthy again, Davis. You know, after weeks of. Kind of sitting, just being you, out you, there for the the I, count. You I know? think it just shows there's there's two things about this offense that has really really showed to be really big is that you know we talked in the offseason how they were 32nd in yak, mm-hmm. they are now fifth in yak, 
So, um, <laughs> yak, yak it up. And, and if you want to say like, yeah, the Davis touchdown was like 50 yards of yak, that 60 yards of yak. Cause he caught like at the 40. Okay. Whatever. Yak. Yak. Is that, yak. He, still, he still hit him inside. Yak. <laughs> yak is yak. Yak and is he still yak. hit him inside. So I think, it, I think it's an improvement for Allen and also the play calling to, you know, figure out a screen game, figure out the short passing game with these guys and then more emphasis with the wide receivers to, Hey, get up right. field that. And also, you know, again, the running game. Well, also we talked about the deep passing game, how that was kind of like yeah. it struggling or whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, I uh, man, a healthy game, Davis really. Uh, it, that's your wide receiver too. You have a healthy wide receiver one and two. That's that's game right there because Diggs is covered. Guess what, Davis down the field, sixty yards. You just bomb it to him, and that Josh's arm is just I can't like watching. He's getting like almost hit as he throws. That, that, and then, do you see the video of him in the end zone? Yeah, yeah. That, that, and then that, he's like, "Wow!" He was doing the yeah. scream. I, I highly suggest anyone to look at. I believe the Bills Twitter they post or Instagram, whatever yeah. social media. Whatever for the social Bills. media you can find, get your hands on. They have they post a video of him on the ninety yard touchdown, the end zone view of him what throwing it, getting hit, and then animal. Going it is just, <laughs> it is just a hype hype video. Yeah. You hear the whole stadium just erupt too. It was the coolest thing. But the crazy, uh, crazy stat I saw about uh, Gabe Davis is Gabe Davis twenty twenty draft pick, mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson twenty twenty draft pick. Gabe Davis has twenty one touchdowns. Justin Jefferson has twenty. Look at that. Who's no, I don't know pick? what Gabe that Davis. counts. I have to look at that counts uh, postseason because that that might be a little bit uh, cheating. Because then that would we take away four and he'd be at um, four eight five. Five. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just thinking Chiefs divisional game. Yeah, yeah. he had, he had mm-hmm. one against. Uh, New oh, he, did he have two? No, that might be. I think nice. everyone had one against. Yeah, New he, I think we, he had one. We absolutely but, obliterated. But so if you count the games that he's also missed compared to, I mean, it's probably the similar game total. It's just kind of like Justin Jefferson's better than Gabe Davis, but it's just kind of right. a, a, a very interesting. Also, want to me. pose a question for you. Speaking of that New England game last year, oh, God, Tom Brady 2.0, Bailey Zapp. You, are you are you nervous for a matchup? Yeah. No. No. I'm not do you think they do you think they trade Mac Jones away? No. No, no, I think they still believe in Mac. I think he's the backup. I think they keep Bailey Zappin. It's also like Cooper Rush and Dak. I think Dak lost his job to the Ginger. Nah, dude, Dak's better than Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush is five and zero. Dak, my, the one game Dak okay, played in, he's, okay, wait, he's wait, lost. Wins are not a quarterback stat. Still, that's why everyone thinks everyone thinks Dan Marino is better than Eli Manning. But Eli Manning has two rings, and Dan Marino has none. You ain't got a point there. Come in, come in, like mm-hmm. Cooper Rush doing his job. Credit to him, but they're not winning. They're winning. He's not hurting the team, but they're not winning because of him. Yeah. So I guess Dak could be a, a you know an inconsistent player where he might hurt the team, but his the ceiling at the Cowboys won one Super Bowl. I think you gotta have Dak. I just hate him. Jerry Jones. I don't even know why I asked that question. I'd rather see the Cowboys yeah. crumble and <laughs> suffer. Fall. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about some players that really stepped up. Maybe some. You know, we talk about obviously Allen had a big day, but yeah, we, and we talked about go Davis a little Diggs. out of the ordinary. Let's go, yeah, let's, mm-hmm. let's let's go outside outside pitcher. You you start us off. I'm gonna say it's a tandem on the offense here between Cook and Shakir, mainly due to the fact that they've like they came out and they did what they were supposed to do. Rookies and Shakir had separation on Fitzpatrick, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if it was Fitzpatrick, but it was Was it Saran Neal? Or... Not Saran Neal. <laughs> Jeez, I'm getting <laughs> Levi Wallace. I got I, I got got confused there. Wrong, wrong XBL TV. Yeah, That's wrong Steelers. But um no, yeah, I I, I agree, man. Shakir yeah, I believe had three catches for seventy five yards of touchdown. Yeah, and I liked how in the in his post his post post game press conference he was like I, I beat myself up. He dropped like that out route that was yeah, and he's like I beat myself up on that. I beat myself up on um I believe on the one play that he turned the corner on Fitzpatrick. 
uh, he stepped out of bounds and he like, he yeah. like cost himself like 15 yards by doing that. He's like, I'm beating myself up for those mistakes. But you know, Josh, you know, still had trusted me and believed in me and threw that uh, third and five under pressure, threw the ball up to him, trusted yeah. him to make a play. Uh huh. And he caught that touchdown. So yeah. good for him. And then obviously James Cook, you know, we were kind of winning on his. Right. He, he's one of those guys that's a running back in the running back room. Only hit, only, you know, really he has that skill set to score that touchdown. You know, yeah. Motor's not fast enough. Obviously, no. Zach Moss would fall. So Zach Moss would get stuffed and pushed back for six yards, a loss of six. So, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I think Cook and Singletary, that's going to be our guys for a little bit there with two different, you know, skill sets Skill sets for a running back. And I think they complement each other. Where Cook's that run it up the middle right through the hole, and Singletary's that shift the outside, like, you know, not fast. He honestly is like a budget Josh Jacobs. Sure, a little you know what I mean. Less, not as powerful. not as little, fast, little. a little less powerful, but still shifty and can like get around. He's motoring, you know. Motoring, yeah, motoring. I can't wait to start saying that again. I want him to cook. I really do. That's that, those are two really good options. Uh, I I will I will switch to the defensive side of the ball though. I'll I'll give some props to two players, Daquan. No, you know what? Three players. Okay, Daquan Jones because I thought he played was probably the best player on the defense. Mm-hmm. One tech defensive tackle. Eight up double teams, really good in the run, got pressure on the quarterback. His best game is a bill. Two, I'll give credit to Tyrell Dobson. Yeah, uh, I thought it was, I thought Bernard should have got the start over him, but Dobson proved that that you know he has that third linebacker job kind yeah, of secure. He, he locked it down, and he was very solid in Tremaine's absence. And then the the third guy, and this is like the most important guy, I think his performance is Demar Hamlin. Oh I th- yeah, I thought he was a stud. Yes, on Sunday. I keep saying yesterday, but this is yeah, Tuesday. It's Tuesday, pal. It's Tuesday. <laughs> but him playing well is just so important because you know Poyer is going to get healthy and he's going to take Jaquan Johnson's spot, and you know how important you know the safeties are in the McDermott Frazier schemes. Scheme. So if Hamlin could really be solid tackling and run defense coverage, all that, you know, not replace yeah. Micah Hyde, but. No, he could move into that position and still. It's like Dane Jackson, Dane Jackson last year with Tre'Davious White being out. As long as as if you can tell me De- Demar Hamlin will be solid, I'll take that. And mm-hmm. that's what he's been so far, and that's really important for his right. defense. Yeah, I mean, all those guys, and I mean, Elam had not as great of a game as if we're, talk, if we're switching the if we're switching you know talking points to people that d- disappointed. I think he uh, yeah. easily. Easily Just from his past performances, he was letting Pickens run all over him pretty much, you know. And granted, Pickens is a great wide receiver, so that's definitely, but a rookie. But I think it was one of those situations where he was getting a little bit overhyped because no one was targeting him. Yeah. And it's this is one of those, I would say, humbling rookie experiences of you got thrown at and people had success. And now. What's going to happen is the Chiefs next week are going to watch that film. Are going to watch that film, and they're <laughs> going to do the same thing. And now you're going to be able, you're going to have to be able to flush that and be better. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I honestly think he will. He's a film watcher. No, so he's, I def- mean- he's definitely one of those guys that wasn't focusing on the fact that he got his first screen reception. Was focusing on that he gave up ten catches on thirteen targets for 126 yards, right. which is a lot. But I think overall with him, he's been great as a rookie. I don't think I agree with that. I don't. I, I actually disagree with that. You think? I just think he's been solid. I don't think he's been great. I, don't, I mean, then again, you're great, right great. because it like he, he hasn't, hasn't been targeted. He hasn't very been targeted, much. so that stat's a little inflated. He hasn't been targeted. Now he's been targeted. He's gonna have to reset. And it's one of those situations where he has a flaw in his technique, where 
when he's playing off zone coverage, mm-hmm. which isn't like press on the person, he yeah. tends to go too far and then and allows mm-hmm. the receiver. You saw it all day where the receiver was able to run 10 yards, turn, stop, and they were able to catch it. And then, yeah, he did a good job tackling them, but they still fell forward. That's 12, 15 yards. Yeah. And, you, I mean, listen, some of it, some of the receptions that he gave up aren't fully on him. Like, Deontay Johnson had, you know, a nice catch or two. George Pickens mossed him on the one play. But that's really also his ball skills. His, his ball skills have to improve, and his technique has to improve. Mm-hmm. Or he's going to continue to be targeted at. Yeah. And, it's, and, like, I don't want to say this, but, like, Tredavious White, you know, hopefully is coming back soon. Uh, you think it'll be White and Jackson out there? Jackson's been really solid. You're gonna have Benford. Like mm-hmm. he's, it's one of those guys where like you have to be able to f- perform when you're on the field because there are, are people that, that can take that your can place. take your place <laughs> and, and do a do, solid job. Yeah, do better than you. Yeah, and do better. So it's not like one of those situations where it's like, all right, we're gonna if if you don't play well, we're gonna have Jamarcus Ingram who was on the team. Like he's not like no, this is like if you don't do well, we're gonna have Christian Benford who is was pretty solid before he broke his hand. So Christian Benford was out playing him before he broke his hand. Out playing Elam. Yeah, he was. So I think it, it, it isn't. It's a learning experience. I think he's been solid. It's nice to see, you know, Shakir get his first crew touchdown. James Cook to get a nice first. Uh, that is first crew touchdown. I can't remember if he had a receiving touchdown. Uh, I think that's his first. Yeah, I didn't know it is first. And then it's nice to see Elam get his first pick. But now. Nope. There's I, things to there's, listen. Well, I think there's all three of those players had a lot of had some positives, but also some negatives. But also some negatives. Shakir had a drop. Mm-hmm. You know, James Cook had a couple. He had, two, he had a couple stuff. He had a couple of runs where he didn't. You know, he only got a yard or two. Obviously, Elam had a pretty tough, rough day. Mm-hmm. I think the the coaching staff will be like, yeah, celebrate these achievements because mm-hmm. these are important achievements. You know, it's hard to get a touchdown in the league or an interception in the league, but we need to focus on improving, refining your skills. Right. Where you know, next week you're going to be better. Yeah, and that that's the big thing is I think all these guys have shown us the flashes of greatness that you want to see in these rookies. You know what I mean? Like, including, I mean, Elam probably less than a lot of the other ones, you know? He's been solid. I, I, he's been solid. I'm not, I'm not hating on him. I'm just saying he's been, I, I'm not no, saying he's been great. Benford, he's been so, he's Benford been solid. Is, Benford's also been solid. Benford also had a couple of rough moments. Yeah. So it's not like Benford was absolutely fantastic either. They both no. are rookies. So. But I think they're showing us those moments where you can see a glimpse into the future that we, you know, James Cook pounding through, you know what I mean, to get the touchdown. Like, it's it's really exciting to see. But I'm talking about James Cook. And one thing that I want to ask you about here is there's been a lot of rumors about Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. and where he could possibly get traded to now that Matt Rule – has been fired. Thank God for that team, by the way. Given the pink slip. Yeah. He's been evicted. And Christian McCaffrey, they're going to want to do a whole rebuild. So do they get McCaffrey out of there? If he lands in Buffalo, is that a positive? Or is he just the man made of glass who's going to get injured right away? Well, obviously it's a positive. Uh, he's still one of the best receiving backs, best overall backs in the entire NFL. I think the glass comment is a little unwarranted because... Seven of the nine last nine years for him, if you count his workload in Stanford, he's had a substantial workload and haven't gotten injured. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only been two, the last two years where he's been banged up. So I don't think it, I, I don't really think the durability thing's a hundred percent. Um, what would noted. you give up for him if that was what had to happen? Would you give Cook Singletary up? I think they would want Cook back as Cook has a similar skill set. 
So now would you be willing to trade James Cook a second round pick and a fifth round pick for McCaffrey? And McCaffrey, his contract is dirt cheap, or he's only making about a million bucks. Mm-hmm. So it's not fits like, in the cap space. He definitely fits <laughs> in the cap space. So it's definitely one of those moves that are interesting. Um, and it'd be a veteran who knows it wouldn't be a rookie you have to develop. It's almost like the the Robinson thing we were talking about with the Sabers. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I would be intrigued by it. I don't fully know if I would pull the trigger because I don't know what the long-term impacts of that would be because you know, you trade Cook, you trade a second, and then you have his contract. You could use that but second I don't think his con- I don't think his contract I, I would have to look more into I don't think his contract is really guaranteed past this year, so you could probably do some restructure or some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, I, I mean, adding Chris McCaffrey to this offense would be kind of nice. I mean, this that's a legit top five running back. Is there anyone else that you would give up that's not a running back? Or would they want Cook, you think, for that rebuild? No, they would want probably Cook. I mean, maybe you could do like a second and a fourth and just increase Send the Send them Zach Moss. No, they wouldn't want Zach Moss. <laughs> Zach Moss is a negative asset. I think they would want Cook because Cook, they would view Cook as kind of a replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, if you're willing to part with that, I think it's definitely an interesting conversation, not because, not just because you'd probably upgrade your running game, but also, I mean, he's one of the best receiving, probably the best. In the he's, game. He's like a slot receiver. Yeah. It's a, it's a free, it's another receiver for Josh Playoff. So, I think it would definitely be interesting. Uh, it's also it would be interesting to see what happens in Carolina. You know, there's been conflicting reports about if they're willing to trade him at this time. So, I think it's just kind of wait and see. It's, I I also think it's a little bit for the Bills, kind of wait and see. Yeah, see how your offensive pieces get healthy, like Knox, Davis. Obviously, probably could get a little bit more healthy. Obviously, McKenzie's out. Kumaro, uh, Crowder, Crowder, Crowder seems like he's out. Like. Long, like he's out at least eight weeks. I yeah. would assume. Well, he ankle. broke his hand, didn't he? Broke his ankle. Ankle. Who broke their hand? Benford did. Benford did. Yes. So I think when your defense is getting healthier, I think I think my thing with the Bills right now is special teams. They're fine. Uh, defensively, if the, as long as they get healthier and Hamlin plays well, uh, I don't think there's anything to worry about. I you know earlier when Hyde was injured, you might have thought maybe they wanted to nab a safety, but yeah, with Hamlin playing, if Hamlin continues to play well and everyone else kind of gets healthy around that defense, you're going to be fine. It's just whether the offense, you know, if you're going to add maybe an interior offensive lineman, do you want to add the running back like C-Mac? Do you want to add OBJ? Um, OBJ, honestly, for this season, if we really have some injuries, might be smart to grab. You know, like for a incentive-based six-month contract or whatever, you know, like something cheap. Yeah, we'll see. I think I think that I think the Bills will have a lot of things to discuss going to their bye. I think they're going to be focused on KC, and they're going to go in their bye week seven. Think of the long-term aspects of the roster. It's stuff they need. What are we going to talk about out here for the bye week? It's going to be empty Bills news. That's okay. Well, no, because we get we're going to be able to recap the Chiefs game. Oh, look at that. It's going it's to yeah, be the pot after. Yeah, it's going to be the pot after. There's no game to recap. It's going to be the pot after. We're going to be a little in trouble. but Might only do Sabres that one and save everything for betting on the Bills because then we run out of content. But We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But a lot of positives, some negatives, but a lot of positives this week. And yeah. Excited. And one last thing I just want to throw in there. All righty. The Bills, in my opinion, probably yours too, have not played to the best of their ability yet this season. Yeah, I would agree with that. A full a full 60 minutes. Full 60 minutes have not, like, we've seen great stuff in this game, the Titans game, week one. Then we saw the bad stuff against the Dolphins. In you know the first-ish half of the Ravens game. Exactly. First half of the Ravens game. When all the pieces are set into place and clicked together with the injuries coming back, it coming back from injury reserve and getting activated, I think 
it's going to be a little scary for the rest of the NFL when this team really starts to click throughout the season. I think the Bills have shown the league that they have the highest ceiling. Mm -hmm. That if everything's on, they're pretty much impossible to beat. Yeah. But But when something's off... When something's off, they're still pretty good. But they're they're acceptable to... They're vulnerable. Yeah. Like Like you saw in the Ravens game. And I don't think it's... I think it's impossible for a team to play 60 minutes of their highest ceiling. I just do. I think think that's really hard. I think... Really, you know, you have spurts of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, it's really drives. You know, yeah. you have drives where you're executing at your highest thing offensively. Drives where you're executing your best defensively. Yeah, you know, punts where you're punting. You know, you know what I mean. So it's not, it's it's really like you have moments of your best. But can the Bills be at their moments more frequently, and can their low moments not be as low as yeah some of the moments you're not they've had dropping this year from top to bottom Grand Canyon like they have? Yeah, yeah at, at times. Yeah, at times, but. That is going to do it for our Bills talk for this episode. We'll be back later this week with the betting on the Bills, and we'll talk some more. But we'll be right back with some Sabres talk right after this. This edition of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs, featuring shows such as Sports Bring People Together. Listen to entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports, could be players, agents, and so on. And who knows where the conversation will take you, but sports got us together in the first place. Find this show wherever you listen to podcasts or simply visit sportseplus.com. And now let's get back to the show. We are back here with the Buffalonian podcast, uh, you know, transitioning from our Bills talk to our Sabres talk. And there is honestly a lot of Bills, you know, talk to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. We got a lot more coming your way, but a lot more coming your way. Obviously, you know, in this segment, we're going to make some, you know, preseason predictions, award predictions. We're going to talk about a new captain. Um, we're going to talk about, you know, some lines, some rosters, and obviously, you know, the first thing we'll just briefly discuss, well, not briefly, but the Sabres do actually have an, an official game uh, game that counts uh, this Thursday at home against Hopefully Ottawa. it doesn't look like that Pittsburgh preseason game because it was pretty pretty <laughs> tough. Pretty <laughs> tough. Pretty tough look. Uh, and then obviously they play at home against Florida. And then it's interesting that this is the second, at least the second consecutive season I can remember that the Sabres will then go on their big, like a big Western, uh, you know, Western Canada, West West Coast road trip. So uh, it's it's definitely going to be hard for us Sabres fans to view some of these games because they start a 7 o'clock start Thursday, 1 p.m. Saturday, and then they go into the 9 and 10 o'clock uh, yeah. windows. Yeah, the later. Uh, the later. It's hard. It'll be hard to stay up. But yeah, obviously it, it's exciting to. We picked our games we're going to. This we season, we're we looking did. forward to it. Really looking forward to it. Uh, this is the first Sabre season in a long time that I'm excited for. Excited for. for. <laughs> so. Last season, we went to the preseason game, and they got absolutely destroyed. This is when Jack Eichel was still on the team but not playing. We went to a couple of those regular season games, too, before Tuck and uh, 
Tucker Krabs, Krabs made Krabs. their way here. And um, Tate, before Tage Thompson really got crazy. Broke so. out. So it was definitely a tough moment. You know, like you look at from what last year was to this year, this is obviously a big leap for the organization. I'm mm-hmm. uh, excited for uh, the season to begin. Obviously, they're going to have some – I think they have some sort of fan fest. Players are going to walk through. So as fans, you get the opportunity to see the players walk in. So yeah, that's also really awesome to see. Uh, so before we – like. Maybe break more down into the games that we're gonna see. Let's first talk about really the big news of of the, of the week. Our our cap oh captain oh, my captain, captain my captain, Akposo Kyle. What what are your thoughts on that? You're a big Tuck guy. See, I'm a Tuck guy, but Akposo is later in his career. This is a short term captainship until his career ends, and then I think Tuck, after playing a number of years here, will move into the spot. Gurdonson's though surprised me. Well, Gerdinson had the A last year, so I assume I assume that you know he's been. You, think around. Ca- you, you were expecting him to stay? I was expecting him to stay an A because he's been around for. Who's the other A? Sorry, Darlene. Darlene. Does that surprise you at all or no? No, because I think I I don't think you're right. I think so. I agree with the short term captaincy because mm-hmm. Oposo actually has one year left on his deal. I assume he's going to get a contract extension for another year, maybe yeah. two. So two to three years of captaincy. Well, it's not like he's played like poo poo. So no, I mean, he's played like, solid, but he's also you know old, and we're going to see how his game. You know, goes, but I think they're actually grooming Darlene to become the captain of the Sabres. I could actually see that too, because I think well, one thing that's beneficial is the Sabres, in my opinion, have a lot of people that are very good leaders that aren't wearing letters, and I think that's you know a benefit to have Skinner, mm-hmm. you know, Tuck. Right. I, I think so. Someone described this very well on Twitter that Tuck is le- is like the high energy guy. Yeah. But sometimes the high energy guy isn't like the leadership supposed guy. to be like. You're like, you know, what I mean, the captain, not the hap- head of not, the ship, yeah, not yeah. the head of the ship. It's like, it's like this. I say, you know what it is? It's like Isaiah <laughs> McKenzie. Isaiah McKenzie isn't isn't a captain on the Bills, but he's high energy. You know, he's always in those videos. He seems like a nice guy. Everyone likes him, respects mm-hmm. him. A little bit like Tuck, like high energy. Fans love him. Teammates love him, but not maybe a guy that you're gonna put the C on. Yeah, and it's like one of those things where you know we had a bad captain, Michael. And then all of a sudden, and they only gave him the captainship though because he was young, quote unquote the, young and the best player well, uh, on the no, team. No, the best, not it was because he was the best player on the team. Yeah, like everyone thought Cousins then was going to be all oh, Cousins because he got on that one fight. Mm-hmm. So we're we're thriving to like pick our captain, but Oposo is the right choice in the present. I think it's going to be the right pro, right choice in a couple of years, and then the grooming. I think Darlene to be that captain. I could definitely see that. I hundred percent. But again, I think what's fantastic is that they have a lot of young players on this team who, you know, have a leadership role. And even though they might not be wearing letters, you know, I, I you had to believe that, you know, that locker room is stable for the first time in a decade. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, they have a GM that got extended, not about to be canned. So and a head coach that, you know, is really getting the job done, it seems. So it's developing. Yeah. So it's looking good. Looking good. So moving on to the obviously the Sabres played their final two preseason games between the last pod. Obviously they had a nice one uh, against Carolina at home, and then they got throttled by uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, but that one wasn't. I mean Pittsburgh had their full actual lineup, and Sabres had pieces of their lineup, but really um, not full pieces of what their team was going to be like. But uh, the, so they had a couple of roster moves to get to, you know, their set roster, and I have to say. I'm going a little bit of a rant here. Okay. Dom's rant. I am really sick of all these Buffalo beat writers going after fans when we talk critical about what what the Sabres do sometimes. 
and go and you know bring up the fact that they haven't had stability in ten years and that they have a plan. Listen, I am all for having a plan. I, I've been I've been saying that for a while. Like the Sabers need to have a plan of what they're doing, but the beat writers comparing what the Sabers are doing to the Bills did is just incorrect. The Bills had a plan, but the Bills also adapted their plan as it went along. Yeah, and like, it's also football's different. Football's which is different. one thing I've learned from this. You don't draft a quarterback or you, you draft them to put them in right away. But but you're, but you're not going to see any of these guys until. But like, Joe, but Joe, the Bills did not draft Josh Allen to start right away. No, they, they were going to no, start their, Peterman. Their plan, yes, their plan was start Peterman. One game in, they realized mistake, mistake. We got to change our plan. <laughs> yeah. Or it was this year they drafted Kyrie Lillum to be the number two corner. It might be Benford or and, it stays Jackson. And and they drafted Benford and they're like, okay, nice guy. And they gave they chose Benford over Elam. Why? Because he played better. And I am really sick. Of the Sabers not rewarding players for playing well, mm-hmm. like Anders Bjork was terrible. Altering up all the writers, were like, oh man, he's terrible. Even Don Granado was. Someone said characterized that Don Granado's comment towards Anders Bjork in the press conference as the most negative Don Granado's ever talked about a player. So please tell me why <laughs> Anders Bjork made the opening day roster over someone like Linus Westbeck or Lucas Rosick. You know, guys who are in the AHL now who who played very well, who outplayed him. Please tell me. This is this is what we talked about with the Craig Anderson signing. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, Craig Anderson, nice piece, probably not the greatest goalie, but locker room guy. Eric Kami, nice piece. You know, hopefully he'll get some starts. I, Eric Kami struggled in the preseason, but I'm not going to hold that against him because no. preseason. You know, pre, it's I don't know the preseason, but they were play the the both of the games he started. The Sabers were against teams playing their actual guys, and they weren't playing their actual guys. But I would like the beat writers to do a survey and ask people who was the best goalie in training camp in the preseason and if a single person does not vote UPL they should track them down and put a sign on them and say you did not watch the Sabres hockey and you make bad takes <laughs> because UPL was the best goalie and I and listen he got sent down because they want him to play games mm-hmm. why can't he play games in the NHL he was the best goalie throughout the pre he played very well in the preseason yep. was their best goalie in training camp mm-hmm. like what I'm gonna have to watch Craig Anderson and Eric Comrie start over. I guess so. Him? Yeah. Like, why are we now awarding UPL for playing hard? UPL played well. What did that earn him? Or it earned him back to Rochester. Yeah. Like, where's the incentive of play? If you already had a uh, uh, this is my other thing. I was anti keeping Henestros at the trade deadline. I was anti signing Henestros back. But now that Henestros is on this team, I'm actually defending him here. Vinny Hanna-Strosa played very good in the preseason. He did. And it is an objective fact that Payne Krebs and J.J. Paterka did not play very well. Mm-hmm. So, but there they are with Dylan Cousins. But so, Exactly. Please mm-hmm. tell me what J.J. Paterka and Payne Krebs did to earn a, roster, earn a starting roster spot mm-hmm. over Vinny Hanna-Strosa. And, and as much as, you know, if you're a longtime listener, I've clowned on Hanna-Strosa. He deserves it. He deserves it. And, and and it comes down to the fact of, and Don Granado said, oh, we, we feel like they don't, you know, JJ's got to learn the NHL level or Payton has to learn the NHL level. Okay. I understand. So, so, but, but, but again, you're not rewarding how it works. So that one, that one I think is a defensible claim of like, hey, we want to see how these guys are. The yeah. UPL one is semi defensible because, hey, we want to get games in the NHL level. But I think that's ridiculous because I think if you're gonna if you're gonna have that approach with Paterka and Krebs that ah they don't you know we don't want to be in the UPL should have started the season UPL should be the game one starter right now Mm -hmm. 
So Craig, I'll, the fact that Craig Anderson still is Craig Anderson being here is fine. It's but you could have you could waive Bjork and have UPL and ha- carry three goalies. So I don't understand the Bjork Bjork being on the team is undefensible. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. And then this is another thing that is undefensible. If if we are ranking the Sabres defensive right now, it is Dalene, Samuelson, Power, top three in any in a tier by themselves. Mm-hmm. Who is the who do you think is the fourth best Sabres defenseman? Arguably, you know, you put Labuskin there, but arguably it is Lawrence Pilot. Yeah. And Lawrence Pilot played again, another guy. He played very well at training camp. Played very well in the preseason. He's not he's not on the How many other are you? Played like trash. Jacob Bryson didn't play like better than even like the AHL guys. Like Casey Fisher didn't play better than them. The only reason why Lawrence Pilot is in the AHL right now is because he is waiver exempt. So they could waive him and no team can claim him. Yeah. If they were going to waive Casey Fitzgerald, they, he would have to go through waivers. This is my thing. If you are so concerned with waiving Casey Fitzgerald, who is at best seventh defenseman, please look at the waiver wire and tell me. You could probably pick out 15 defensemen that are better than Casey Fitzgerald. Yeah. Like, if Casey Fitzgerald gets claimed, it's just, I mean, you, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Like, Lawrence Pilot deserve just a guy that doesn't, you know, he doesn't even deserve to be the seventh defenseman. He deserves to be in the starting rotation of defenseman. He should be. He deserves we signed him. We signed him back. Why wouldn't he? We, we signed him back, and you know what? We are not giving him an opportunity again. No. And it, I'm sorry, it's BS. Like, this, like I'm sorry. I respect him. I haven't seen you this heated about the Sabers no, in a long time. Because, because I find this to be incredibly frustrating that they are not. They've they didn't do it last year with Quinn Paterka, which I was mad about. And right. They, and they do not. They haven't done it this year either. They have continued to stick to their plan and not do any adaptations of the plan. No, they're not. They're not adapting to anything that's being thrown at them. They're just still sticking it out there. And it's like, it's like, no, it's like if someone outdid what like they're supposed to do, it's like, oh, pat on the back, but we're gonna stay with what we're doing. Yeah. It's like what, like, I. That's like I, not putting Allen in in that first game. It's like it's like oh you know what Josh is still learning a couple by not playing so we're gonna keep Peter in. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's just it's just it's just it's just, it's just maddening to me because I do not care. What I don't okay I shouldn't say I don't care but like. This team really doesn't have that much expectation point-wise for me. Like, I think they're going to finish, you know, top of our predictions, but they're probably going to finish out of the playoffs, whatever. I don't really care about their, like, they're their product. They're at best going to squeak in, like, if if they do, yeah, if but, they put something but, together. But, but my point, my, I just don't, we're going to talk about the Lions in a second, too, because they're also atrocious. But yeah, I just don't understand the roster moves of not rewarding players that worked very hard and played better than some players to stay with your plan. So, in my opinion, like, the Henderson's the one defensible for now, but if Krebs and Paterka struggle, like, they need to be sent down. Henderson needs to get in near. The pilot one is indefensible. Like, there's no reason why Lawrence Pilot shouldn't be on the in No, the and especially after you, you claim him back from the KHL. Absolutely. You know, like, why would you do that if you're not going to even... It makes zero sense. No, but they're going to say that he needs time in the AHL. UPL, same thing. UPL is semi-defensible because it's like, oh, wait, we want to give him AHL time. If we have three goalies, he's going to have to split time. Th- okay, but also... I don't like that. I, it, you're, I'm getting flustered over this now because it's like you have Anderson who's supposed to be the backup in case things really go south, right? He should be the third goalie. Anderson's the third goalie. UPL should be the first goalie. Yes, and Comrie should be a guy. The, the split should be like... he. Yeah. Okay, I know you said you're not holding the preseason against him. But he didn't play well. He was awful. Okay, but he didn't play well. But Comrie should get like 30 games. Craig Anderson should get 15-20. And like the rest should go to... 35 games should go to UPL or something like that. Like... I don't understand what they're doing. I don't understand what they're doing with UPL at all. You know, we see the embedded of how... I know we joke about how he's made of glass, right? Because he's, he's always injured. He's play, he played well in the NHL level last year. Exactly. 
and we we see the embedded of Kevin Adams calling him and be like, hey, like we really appreciate you. That, you know, this isn't about you with Eric Comrie thing. And I would like to call Kevin Adams and be like, what what do you say now? You'll, yeah. What, what is that all about? Mm-hmm. What what is with you not rewarding players? I I I like Kevin Adams. He's done a very good job. But, I like Granado and Adams too, but I agree with you. There's no reward system to get anybody any shot that deserves one. There is and no award system. The fact system. that we're even saying Hinestroza deserves a shot. There is no award system, but there's also no accountability. Like those, the Krebs and Paterka didn't play well, but there's no accountability right now for them playing bad. I just, they're so long term minded. It's, it's, it's honestly scaring me a little bit with the fact of when it's time to make short term moves, are, are we really going to trust that they're going to be able to do it? So that's my, my, my one part of my rant. The Here, lines are the next part of your rant? My, not, the lines are my next part of the rant. I don't know what these lines are. Like, the, I'm looking at them right now on my computer. I do not understand what they're doing with the lines. Like The first line, okay, they're going to go all offense with Skinner, Thompson, Tuck. I'm sorry, Skinner, Thompson, Olsen, I apologize. Second line, okay, I actually like having Middlestat, Quinn, Tuck. That's not bad. That's actually no, an and I think line. it gives Middlestat his opportunity to prove himself. Absolutely. I, I think those... Uh, I'm, okay, I'm okay with those two ones. The third line is where you just completely lose me. Because mm-hmm. you've just... We already talked about it. You've yeah. just stated that, oh, we need them to work out their kinks in the in the natural level. So please tell me... third line. <laughs> please tell me why you have paired J.J. Petrica with Dylan Cousins, who I, I like, mm-hmm. but he's you know he's a young center, and Payne Krebs, who was arguably your worst 5-on-5 five five forward last year. Mm-hmm. Like, please tell me how that makes any sense. And then please tell me, why do you have three... Probably your best, honestly, probably your best three defensive forwards on a line together. Like, what, so we could have one awesome checking line? Yeah. Like, why can't we, like, was it, is it impossible for us to, like, mix, mix the third and fourth line a little mix bit? Mix and match, yeah. Like, give Paterko some defensive help and give Krebs some defensive help and give, you know, Cousins a little bit of breather? Are we just going to make him sink or swim? <laughs> like, I don't understand that. No. I, I, I don't understand what they're doing with their third and fourth lines. Maybe they're just experimenting for the first few games, and then if it really... But then again, we talked about it, like, last season. I've said this a couple times. You, you get past the second line, and there's nothing. Like, there's nothing. And that's the same thing that's happening here. You're throwing Krebs, who's arguably still a prospect, as everyone says, but he didn't play in our prospect challenge. And J.J. Paterka with Dylan Cousins, who I think might have a good season this year, a breakout season. But he's in a, but you're not a giving him an opportunity to with those two on the outside. You're giving him a tough situation where yeah. he's got to carry two other people. Mm-hmm. I just... No, it should be switched up. I, I think, honestly, if you want that... Vet leader, I would have put Akposo up there and switched Paterka out with him. There's ways to even mix up like the second line too, where like I'm okay having like Millstone and Tuck together, but like switching maybe Krebs for Quinn or something. Where like yeah, I, I, Quinn played very well in the Quinn and Cousins on the same line would be great. Quinn, Quinn and Cousins, I'm sorry, Quinn played Cousins did play well, but mm-hmm. Quinn also played very well in the preseason. Like yeah. he's like, so that's my one gripe about the like my gripe about the forward is like I don't understand that. Yeah, defensively. Like, I wish Labushkin was with Owen Power. That's the one thing. No, I, I actually like Labushkin with Bryson because I think he fits better. But I gotta say, him and Yoki Hari was a like complete like cone. Like that dude's trash. Yeah. Like I'm sorry, Mike. M- our buddy is it Mike Henri? Grillo? Is that how you say his name? Really? <laughs> no, it's like Henry. I, it might be. I, no, it no, might be Henri. No, French. no, it's Henry. It's Henry because he's Finnish. He's oh, not, he's, he's not French Canadian. Finnish. No, that was a good. That was a good point though. Sorry, I thought it's spelled like Henri, so I was like, no, Mike. <laughs> Our buddy, you know, our fellow co-host Mike Marino was telling me all the time about, you know, we got to give Yoki Hari more time. Yoki Hari looked terrible in the preseason. Bryson looked bad in the preseason. Like, neither of those two guys looked like they should be on the NHL roster. Like, again, the pilot should be in for Bryson, whatever. I'm fine if you're going to put Libre and Bryson together. Owen Power 
was a beast in the preseason. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, I, not like you have, but, like, I've lowered my expectations of power because it's like, okay, he played eight games, like, he's going to struggle a bit. But, like, Elliot Freeman in his podcast said, like, he might have, like, a Cal McCarr effect. Mm-hmm. And I got to be honest, man, like, he, he might be one of those guys that's just a stud. Yeah. And he's going to have to carry Yuki Haru. But I think he is, I think stud is, like, it's going to be him, man. Like, I'm, I'm excited for that. But, again, yeah. Those pairing, and then the goaltending situation. My my frustration though too. This is my last frustration with the lines because it's the last really part of it. Is the special teams with the power play. And uh, uh, Buffalo beat writer, you know, defended Granado for not putting Quinn Paterka in the power play because he says something the lines of look what you know the Canadians are doing with Stavkowski not on their power play because they want the co- Martin Saint the coach of the Canadians said. We want them to focus. We want our you know, young guys to focus on five and five, and not mm-hmm. give them more things they can handle. Um, Jack Quinn is an elite power play guy. Like he has an elite shot. Like, yeah. Why are we playing him where yep. he's good? Mm-hmm. And like he was also good on five on five in the preseason. Like I, I could maybe get Paterka, but like Quinn was good in the preseason, good all camp. Like why? Like, I could understand, like, honing him. It's the same frustration I had last year when the second power play quarterback from the point was Henry Yoki Hari instead of Owen Power at the end of the year. Yeah. That didn't make any sense. No, it makes zero sense. It's like, like, please tell me, like, I, can you, do you have the power play lines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know who's Sorry, on I'll the pull them up. I know the first, the Mac the first line right is, now. I believe, so I like that they have both power on one power play and dialing on one power play. I like that. I like Tage Thompson. Yeah. I like Tuck, Tuck, Skinner, and I believe the uh, the fifth guy is Middlestat. Like, okay, I guess I'm on Middlestat, but I guess I I will be pleasantly surprised. But please tell me why Casey Middlestat is on power play one. Yeah, no, that makes zero sense. I mean, I mean, we're looking at it now. It came up. I I don't understand that. He should be power play two, if you're gonna have him. I just I. I don't understand. And then the second power play, I think they had... Like, this looks good. I'm sorry, but him in the middle does not look good. No, it doesn't make any sense because they don't have another shooter. Mm-hmm. And then the second power play actually isn't it isn't that because they had a new power play today. But it was something of, like, Power, Cousins, Oposo, Krebs. I'm blanking on the fifth person. Oh, I'm blanking on the, who the fifth person was. I don't think it was Quinn or Paterka. But my point remains, like, why... Why aren't those guys giving opportunities to like put up points or gain confidence so that their five and five play improves? I don't fully understand that. Yeah. I guess that's a coaching thing, and like we're gonna have to like learn wait it out a little wait, bit, wait that decision out a little bit. But to me, that makes no sense. I wouldn't say I I don't like no sense. Probably isn't like it makes it, it makes some sense in the way of like you want them to be improved five. And five. I can understand them focusing on five and five. Mm-hmm. But Jack Quinn is a legitimately good power play for that. And same thing with Paterka. So I don't understand not putting them in a position where they have had success is my is my gripe with that. Yeah. That does not make a ton of sense in, in my in my opinion. But well, after that in, incredibly uh <laughs> the little rant. He did I'm sorry, Olison. Olison is the second power play. Again, why is Olsen not on power play one? Instead, Mills resparked here, folks. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that's who it was. I couldn't remember for the life of me who the fifth guy was. Olsen should be on power play one. It should be Tuck, Thompson, Skinner, Olsen, Dallin. You have two. You have Skinner and Tom, you have. Oh, I'm sorry, Thompson, Olsen, who are two plus shots. 
on each side of the wing, you have Darlene, who's a good power play quarterback, and then mm-hmm. you have Tuck and Skinner yeah. up front. Then your second power play up front should be Cousins and Oposo. Um, yeah, Cousins and Oposo. You get two big guys in there. Yeah. Then you should have Quinn and if you like Krebs or middle side, whoever you want to pass around the other side, and then with power. Like, yeah. Akposo or Paterka for that other slot. Like, yeah. I don't understand. They have him on the bottom line. I would have had him a little high. Like, you know what I mean? With these younger guys, like you said, Jack Quinn and, you know, like Dylan Cousins. Like, get a veteran out there with them that, like, could. And a solid one, like Akposo. Well, Put the captain, oh, captain, my captain out there with him. Listen, like, come on. I respect Adams and I respect Granado, but I, I, I haven't been. You can respectfully disagree with I them. I respectfully well. be mm-hmm. like, I don't think they've done a good job the last week. And listen, we'll see. Granado's one of those coaches that experiences, full, you know, experiments a lot, as you said. Uh, and then he adapts. So yeah, maybe... the whole month of March was just an experiment last year. So yeah, so I, <laughs> I, I'm willing to be patient, but uh, it no, it's just incredibly frustrating. Um, so before we end our Sabres talk, I want to get into some 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 pre prediction awards for the for the team. I'm not talking for the league because the Sabres aren't going to win any league awards. No, to be honest. So who, not yet. Who do you think will be the MVP, the Hart Trophy winner, of the Sabres? Who won it this past year, Ocposo? I would say the winner last year was Tage Thompson, 38 goals. Oh, it might have been. Like MVP. Who mm-hmm. do you think is going to be the MVP of the Sabres? The best player, per se. That's tough, man. They're so young, and these guys could, you know, pop off. There's like, a lot of options. Um, I'm going to stick with my... <sighs> going to go back-to-back? I think. I mean, he had a... It's tough to tell. He's getting that first line center opportunity this year too. You know what I mean? So it's like I think if I had to, honestly, if I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Darlene because I think Darlene, yeah, I would say Darlene, but I think Thompson's probably the best forward. Yeah, so, I mean, I was gonna take a shot and say Owen Power was gonna absolutely pop. Yeah, off, I was but, thinking, of, I was thinking of that too. Yeah, same thing of like the so the best defenseman trophy is called the Norris. And yeah. I would also have Darlene for that, but. I think I'd pick power for that this oh, year. Wow. I think okay. I might. I, I don't think that's a bad pick. I think both those play. I think both those players have a real opportunity to. No, and I, I'm I'm off. excited for this season too because like last season I was kind of mediocre like getting back into the Sabers and now I'm like I know who Fresh everyone little... is and what they do. So who do you like... think? So is Owen Power your Calder winner? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Quinn. I think Quinn would be a Calder winner on like the majority of initial teams, but Power is just a different breed from Quinn right now. Yeah. Uh, no offense to him. So. Uh, definitely, I would say power, and then I'm trying to think. Oh, I'm trying to think. Vesna. I mean, I'm not even going to talk about that because I don't, even, I don't think their goalies are worth mentioning. No. But unless UPL actually plays and kind of goes crazy, which I hope he does at some point. I'm kind of yeah. You I know. hope so too. I hope he gets the opportunity. I mean, they he, should. I mean, like if if Granado's the experimenter, Bill Nye the science guy, <laughs> he should he should put him in. You know, I 100 like, agree with you, Joe. I'm fully on board. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of breakout player. I think we both have cousins. Yeah. Both. Who do you think is going to be the most disappointing player? Um, I want to say Krebs. Don't, I was going to say Krebs. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm go, going to say Just Krebs. hop on the wagon. I'm going, on. I'm going to hop on the wagon. I'm going to say Krebs as well. So I, who, I think he's going to be... I'm going to go back to the Craig Anderson analogy I made. The, the steaming pile of dog shit from 1987 that's been sitting on a fo- youth football field for... Like decades, I, th- I think that's he's he's stale. I don't I don't think he's gonna impress at all. I think he's gonna lose his power play time. I think he's gonna struggle on five and five and eventually be down to. If you're considered a, a prospect after fifty plus games, like there's something yeah, wrong. Yeah. Like, come on, like what are we <laughs> I don't doing? Like wrong, but I think I think he will struggle. So I, I I do fun final word. Who is gonna be 
the Casey Millstead Award or Henry Okiari Award, a guy that you're just out on at the end of the year, a guy that you're just, you know, you know how I'm out on like Millstead and Okiari. Who, who, what player are you like, like, but who you think is going to like not have a good year and you're going to be out on? Hmm. And you know what? I'm going to make it a little trickier. I'm not going to let you can't use Krebs. No, I'm not going to say Krebs because that, that, I, I'm already out on Krebs. I'm not, <laughs> not, not like that's going to. Um, I don't know, man. I'm trying to think. Um, I honestly, I, I want to say I'm going to say middle stat. No, you, you have, I'm going to say Eric Comrie. That's a co- that's an that's easy answer. I'm pretty much out that on is, him already after the preseason. Listen, I'm just gonna say it. Like his his analytics numbers are very good. I was very excited to have him, but you know, I don't know. I feel like I feel like goalies are voodoo magic sometimes. Sometimes they have good stretches. Sometimes they have really bad stretches. So I mean, I'm going with middle stat because I've made a couple points on here saying you can only use the injury as an excuse for so long, and I don't. It's do or die for him, as I've said as well, and I, I don't. I think it's die. I don't think it's. Do. I <laughs> well, think I, I think he might start out hot, but going all season, I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure on him. Well, I'm already pretty much out on Melstad. I'm out on Nicky Hario. I've still already said Krebs is my most disappointing player, and I'm kind of out on Bryson. But I didn't want to use him because I thought that would be like, who cares? He's yeah. a bomb pair defenseman. So I'll I'll go with the goalie that I thought they were going to see Lawrence Pilot his spot. But yeah, I would. Yeah. He should be. He not, should not, not exactly. I'm not. not I'm no not, more, no woods not, should. No, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing there. I, I 100% agree with you. So before we end, we're just gonna say good luck to the Sabers uh, yeah. this Thursday and Saturday. Obviously, we're we're filming or recording, I should say, on Tuesday, so that will be before their third game. But it's exciting that next week we're gonna talk about you know review their two games and see see what you know you know what I, I'm I'll put you on the spot right now. Two games, the Sabers could have four possible points. How many points do the Sabers have? going in the next podcast when we record three three mm-hmm. i won't say two unless they go one one they split you think mm-hmm. i think they go th- you know or i could be really or i could be really cheap and say they lose two overtime games <laughs> mm, yeah i think I, I, I think the first game is three and the next one's one you mean two and one two and one two, yes. and, two and one sorry i thought you said four they could so an initial game is two points if you win so oh. they could have four points, but if they lose in overtime, you get a point. Yeah, that's no. what I'm saying. So yeah. you, you think they're gonna get three points? I'm gonna, I see two. Yes, three. Mike says, "Oh, I forgot Mike's not here. He doesn't." Oh yeah, <laughs> forgot about you, Mike. Yeah. Empty bag of skills. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, well that's gonna do it for our Sabers topic, and we'll be right back with a rundown right after this. This edition of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Cas Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs, featuring shows such as Sports Bring People Together. Listen to entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports, could be players, agents, and so on. And who knows where the conversation will take you, but sports got us together in the first place. Find this show wherever you listen to podcasts or simply visit sportseplus.com. And now let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the Buffalonian Podcast, and we're going to start our rundown, or honestly, but probably more appropriate to say Blue Jays talk, since the Blue Jays are the only team we'll be talking down the rundown. And, uh, well, unfortunately, the Blue Jays season ended. Um, you know, if you like watching a team absolutely throw up on themselves, uh, you must have had a really enjoyable time watching the Blue Jays play baseball on s- Saturday. Uh, just a really pathetic loss and a pathetic way to end the season. Um, just, just really, 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 I mean, there's no other way to say it other than just embarrassing. Uh, this, so the Jays season's over. 
Uh, they absolutely choked in the wild card series versus the Mariners. Uh, two games in a row. They got swept at home. Obviously, they had home field advantage, and they lost both games. And it's got to be frustrating for Jays fans as this is another year of Vlad Guerrero and Bobasha and those guys making little to no money. Uh, and they just they just blow the season again. Really, they didn't even win a playoff series, so just really pathetic. Uh, but we do have to say good, good, good for the Mariners. The Mariners first time since 2001 that they even made the postseason. So first time in our, you know, all three hosts, uh, lifetime that they're actually playing, uh, postseason baseball. So good for them. But so the Jays lost, uh, game one, four zero after ace Alex, Alec Manoa, you know, talked a big game about how he doesn't feel pressure and all that. Well, he definitely felt the pressure cause he choked. Uh, choke artist. Uh, he gave, he got roughed up for four runs in the game. And then the offense just decided that they were gonna uh, just stay in the clubhouse today and not show up. Uh, so that's a t- that's a tough way to begin the series, losing four uh, nothing shutout. Your ace gets roughed up after talking a big trash talk game. And then listen, the Jays rebounded for sure. They were up nine one at one point in game two, and the bullpen talked about it all year that the bullpen is the weak point of this team. And the bullpen blows the game. They lose 10-9. And listen, a lot of blame has to fall on the manager, John Schneider. Uh, Should have uh, managed his last game as a Blue Jays uh, interim manager because he should not be brought back because he also choked. Uh, You know, you have your number two starting pitcher, Kevin Gosman, who only gave up one run in five and two-thirds innings, bases loaded two outs, and they pulled him. You know, you got to let your pitcher play that one out. You know, you got to roll for your guns. And he didn't. And he trusted his bullpen, which was trash. And pitched like trash, so I think he deserves a lot of the blame as well as the management uh, for not, you know, for getting the proper bullpen help that they needed at the trade deadline or in the offseason or throughout the season for that matter. So it's just a failure for the Blue Jays, and obviously the one bright bright spot would be Teoscar Hernandez. He had a nice little multi-home run game in Game 2, so good for him, but... Just a really sad way to end the season for the Jays that had so much high expectation, and they really failed to meet that expectation throughout the entire year. Obviously, we're getting their manager fired midseason and their interim manager throwing up on himself uh, during the game, during the series. So that that will do it for our Blue Jays talk until the spring. Uh, the rundown will continue. We had to figure out, you know, the Amherst season is right around the corner, but we had to figure out if we're going to add them right away or not. So this could also be it for the rundown segment for, for just a little bit, just a little bit, but... We thank you for listening to the rundown with the Jays, and we will be right back with the Would You Rather and trivia to end up the show. This edition of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs, featuring shows such as Sports Bring People Together. Listen to entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports, could be players, agents, and so on. And who knows where the conversation will take you, but sports got us together in the first place. Find this show wherever you listen to podcasts, or simply visit sportseplus.com. And now, let's get back to the show. We are back with the Buffalonian podcast, and we're getting into the would you rather. So, Dom, I'm going to go right in and ask, would you rather stay on a below-average team that you've played for for a number of years, right? Mm-hmm. Or... Ditch them and join your rival team and go win a championship. Say you're the all-star quarterback and you have to choose between the family you've built and tried to rebuild that franchise or you join the team that you hate and it's your rival and to win a championship. 
So it's like I'd be the quarterback. You cop yourself out and go win a championship <laughs> instead of grinding. Like, like, what would you do in that situation if you were offered a chance to go to the dark side of the force? Championship uh, or family? I, I, this is a tough one, Joe. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like <laughs> if I was with the Bills for a while and they were kind of mid, and then I get an offer from the Patriots and it's a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Or the Dolphins, whoever. I think, I think you gotta take the Super Bowl to be honest. <laughs> well, because you know, I think you know football players are, you know, you only have so much time playing at that elite level, and it's kind of you know Josh Allen grew up in California. You know, Tom Brady was a Forty ers fan, but at the same time, like your competitors, like mm-hmm. you know, it's. I guess I need. I need, honestly, I'm. I'm gonna separate it from being a like being the Bills quarterback because I think that's like it's that's like my fandom. Home. That's my yeah. fandom. So if I, if I was like the Bills quarterback, I would never leave. Buffalo. I wouldn't leave the Bills. No. but uh, for the sake of argument, so you're I'm, playing for the 49ers and okay, the okay. Packers. I, I think that's because like I don't like for the Bills. I would probably say no, but yeah. If I was yeah, I'd say like Tom Brady's out and they offer you a chance to come win a bowl. And if my only allegiance to the team was that I played for them and wasn't a fan of them, I would leave. Right. If, if, if like I was there for like ten years, I'm the same way. We kind of, it's like it's like, you know what? it's like Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. Like I was there for ten years. We might have made the playoffs once or twice, but we really never got far. That's exactly I, like Matt I played kind of like at the Pro Bowl level. I played very well, but I can move on to you know a win team a championship and win a championship you and and get more, that recognition that I probably deserve. Yeah, I would probably say that. But if it was if it was the, if I was on the Bills, I wouldn't leave to go join the Pats. Right. I'm no, on. that's where I'm at. If I'm a homer and like say. You know, we got drafted by the Bills or whatever. I would never leave the Bills. Like no, that's I my hometown either. team. Couldn't do it. But, but I would have to get paid. I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You wouldn't just go for the I, ring. I no. But for like the if I was drafted by the Bills, mm-hmm. I wouldn't just stay on the Bills if I was like getting disrespected by contract. Oh no! Like if I not. felt like they were sh- like giving me the like the like a rough edge, I would be like, no, nah, I'm I'm gonna leave to get paid then. Yeah, like I'm not, I, like, I, and it's about respect, but no, no, absolutely. I, that's, that was that was a good one, Joe. That's that stumped me. No, thanks. Because I was thinking of I was the problem. Was I was thinking I was thinking of too much like a, as being the Bills quarterback and moving to like the. That's kind of where and my once head I separated was the two, it was easier for me to make a decision. Yeah, no, because then you're not attached to your hometown and the hometown team and everything. But right. are you are you taking the reins on trivia? I am week? taking the reins on trivia. Second time I've had to do it. Uh, you know, I think I have some interesting questions. I don't think I have incredibly difficult ones, but you know, we'll see. Um, so obviously Mike usually does this, but, uh, he's not, he's not present with us. So I am taking the reins. So for, for a Bill's question, Josh Allen passed Peyton Manning for the fourth most total touchdowns in a quarterback's first five NFL seasons on Sunday. Which quarterback is number one on that list? And I'll give you a bonus point if you could kind of guess how many touch, total touchdowns. Uh, is it, why am I, it's Brady, isn't it? No, is it Drew Brees? No, I give you. I give you two more guesses. Wait a second. Tom Brady passed Drew Brees two years ago and is still behind Peyton Manning. Correct? No, this is his first five NFL seasons. So Tom Brady. Oh, you gotta think Tom Brady didn't. Oh, Tom, I thought you meant of all time. No, no, I, I first, forgot. Uh, about no, it that is all part. time. It's an all time stat. But it's your first five NFL seasons. So it's like how Tom Brady was like the backup and like they didn't try, he was a game manager his first yeah, five years. Yeah. So who in their first five years has the most total touchdowns but for a quarterback? Peyton Manning is what number? Peyton Manning was four, is now five because Josh passed four. Okay. So there's technically three quarterbacks that are higher than Josh. But one I'm looking for one answer. Touchdowns, touchdowns. 
Oh man. I want to say, I want to go back like to touchdowns. I'm trying to think of someone who's hungry for touchdowns. Um, <laughs> what year did they play? Can you give me that? No. No? Is it 2000s or in the 90s? I'm not telling you what year they play. Was it two, listen, you have two guesses to figure, you have two more guesses I'll give you to figure out, but I'm not giving you, uh, I'm not giving you a hint right now. You have, you have to guess one more time. Elway? No. Close though. Marino? Yes. I can't I can't believe you didn't I, I'm stunned that you didn't say Patrick Mahomes straight off. Ma- I was thinking about it. He was Mahomes in my mind. Is third, I That's why I was asking you I what year. Because I, I know it's Mahomes and now Allen. Yeah, I can't remember how much who had who's two on that list. I gotta look at that. But I know I think Mahomes is third at one fifty nine. Uh but Mahomes is kinda che- a little bit cheese because Mahomes like probably should be number one on this list because they count his 2017 season where he started one game, like his first uh, first year. Yeah, that's probably a little bit. You know, I don't even try to be pro Mahomes. Can you can you guess how many touchdowns? Like, rough estimate. If Josh is if Josh is at about 150 right now, 190. No, 171. 171. So, so it's about he's about Josh is actually with 12 games left is about 20 touchdowns away. Could get there. So not not could will Sh- should yeah should get there as long as he doesn't get injured and obviously he plays well. So. Oh, he's getting there, all right. Let's go. All that right. just hyped me up. I'm so excited <laughs> to see that happen. That's right. nuts. My Sabres question. The Sabres are the youngest team in the NFL. NHL, excuse me. The Pittsburgh Penguins are the oldest team in the NHL. Mm-hmm. What is the age average age gap between those two teams? It's, a, it's, a, it's not a huge number. It's, it's a smaller number. You're talking player, like, so roster the average age, player right? roster grade for the, the Sabres is X. The... Average player, average difference age between is Y, and what's the difference? Yeah, about five years. Yeah, I'll give you that. Five point three. Five point three. So the Sabers are at twenty five. The Pittsburgh Penguins are thirty point three. Interestingly enough, though, the <laughs> Craig I, Anderson's the outlier. On, yes, on the Sabers are twenty five av- rosters to average twenty five. Craig Anderson is the oldest player in the NHL, so they have him. Mm-hmm. If, they, if you took Craig Anderson off the, off the Sabres, probably be seven. They'd be twenty four point three. Oh. And if you, I think if you replace a couple people, it could even get lower. Oh like my if, god! So, <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. Buffalo area question: When was the turkey trot created? First ran. When was the fir- what was the first race of the turkey trot? Nineteen seventy-five. No, way off. Like way early or way late? It's it's way further back than you think. Eighteen forty. No, you're now you're you went too far. Nineteen <laughs> ten. Close, a little t- further back more. Further back more? No, I'll give you one more guess. It's further back more. Is it in 1890-something? I'm not telling you anything about that. <laughs> 1898. No, 1896. Oh, my gosh. I was surprised at the fact. I was, I was struggling. I was honestly really struggling with pick up a full fact. Well, that's crazy to me because it's like it's actually I think people it's in the, the 1800s ran the turkey trot. Yeah, it's like the oldest race, I want to say, too. That's why I, cause I, that's why I found it. I was oh, like, oh, okay, whatever. Interesting. I know. I was Look at you. That. Look at you coming in hot with the trivia. That's I know. Not, not bad. Thank Look you. You got one, right? I got two right. You gave me the five years, and then I, I ended up on Marino. You ended up. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you like a half You gave point, me though. guesses, though. I'll give you a half point. Yeah, you gave me guesses. Okay, but you took it was like four guesses. Yeah, you said you gave me five. I hit it within five, though. All right. That's a point. That's a half point. Okay, all right. You know, I'll take that's, the, like, that's like a percentage points of how many point, how many guesses it takes. Okay, all right. I'll take, I'll take the half point. But without further ado, that's going to end it for this week's edition of the Buffalonian Podcast. Also, just want to do a little shout-out here. I w- joined... Louis Genovese on Luigi Sports Den this morning on the St. Bonaventure School Radio. 
and just want to want to say what a pleasure it was and uh, hope to be doing that more in the future. And thanks to Louie for having me on. Maybe you can have Dom and I on, Dom, Mike, and I on one time. You know, we'll do a big group one. But Dom, how do you always end these, buddy? Go Bills, baby. Go Bills. Go Bills.